Welcome to MCSO Behind the Badge, an inside look at the Monroe County Sheriff's Office in Rochester, New York, under the leadership of Sheriff Todd Baxter. We're going to talk about what drives us, our leadership culture, our police work, and share some stories of the great deputies and civilian staff that work with us. We're going to talk with interesting guests, and we're going to invite you to engage in the conversation or just sit back, relax, and listen in. Now let's get in pursuit of today's show. Hey, welcome back, friends, to the uh, 45th episode of Behind the Badge here at the Monroe County Sheriff's Office in Rochester, New York. That that bumper music, by the way, i got to give a credit to uh, Tommy Burnett out of Fairport, New York, uh, shared that with us. It, it's uh, He's a great musician, uh, been around the world playing, and uh, asked him one day for a song that we can use as bumper. I'm willing to buy it, and he uh, gave us that song. It's hopefully one of his hot new releases where it works. It's just good to have people around us to support us and, and work with us, and, and including Tommy. So I got to give him a shout out. Uh, speaking of which, today we're uh, going to share the Irondequoit Police Department, and uh, Chief Alan Laird's here with us. Chief, how you doing? Great, Sheriff. How are you? Oh, good. Very good. good, good. So uh, the objective here is, you know, we've been talking a lot on these podcasts. Who works inside the sheriff's office, or who supports us externally? Uh, and, and today we want to just start, you know, going over some of the police departments that are inside Monroe County that uh, have their own law enforcement uh, jurisdictional. Uh, tasks they got to do, but also interact with the sheriff's office continuously. And uh, so we thought no better place to start than IPD or Onicoy PD. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for having us. Um, I have uh, Sergeant Nick Chemang here with me today. Um, we here at the Onicoy Police Department, it's we're a full service police department to our residents, um, but being a town's police department, we are limited, and right. we we truly rely on our great partnership that we've had with the sheriff's office. Um, not only for just support with patrol services, but, you know, specialized functions. Right. Um, always been great partners. We have a great relationship, especially with the parks unit, because the office <laughs> is right smack dab in our town, which is always very helpful. It's uh, it's always a great opportunity for us to get with, with the sheriff's deputies. Um, and, you know, that leads into stuff, things that go on recently. Uh, we've had ATVs and dirt bike right, problems right. that um, that – start in the city and they come through our town end up at the beach so it, it encompasses all the agencies yeah. and we've been very very fortunate to have uh to have that working relationship with not only the sheriff's office but rpd and we're coming up with ideas to to address this yeah. but i'm excited uh, about that too yeah it's going to be that's going to be a fun time about it you know they're they're, they're about as frustrated as can be Absolutely. With, these, with these motorbikes uh yeah. Yeah, so just uh, real quick, who are you? What, what makes you tick? Like, sure. <laughs> who, who's Chief Laird? I, and speaking of welcome home, you know, starting in the Monroe County yeah. Sheriff's Office, it was your first law enforcement agency, and now yeah. you're Chief of the of the Rondequay Police Department. That's pretty cool. It's, it's honorable for us to see people leave and become uh, to a position of even Chief. Yeah, no, thanks for having me back. It's it's funny. Uh, I was actually up here a few days ago. We had a meeting, but that's the first time I've been up on this floor really? since, I, since I resigned from the Sheriff's Office in 2000. Right. I was fortunate enough to uh, start with the sheriff's office as a part-time deputy. Mm -hmm. I worked uh, 1995, uh, started the academy, worked the parks unit and the airport unit, mm -hmm. and uh, transferred over to Aronicoit where I started my uh, full-time career. Um, it was always, I made a lot of great relationships and friendships along the way with the sheriff's office and the deputies um, and continued those 
throughout throughout the career and because we we do work so closely together we border penfield we have like i said the parks unit so we're always interacting with the sheriff's deputies yeah so. a lot of water up there and we'll get into yeah. the marine unit and things like that but you know going back to your your part-time employment with the Monroe county sheriff's office i was just the last meeting i was in i was talking about what a great program it is that we need to bring it back most of the most of the stars inside the sheriff's office no pun intended with the badge on our chest but you know most of the, the leaders of the sheriff's office were former part-time deputies brought on and yep. and of course you left but uh you know now you're the chief of, of one of the largest towns in monroe county uh it's a great program that part-time deputy uh, stepping stone job it is and i'm and looking back at our roster there's probably 10 of our officers that were part-time deputies really so not only was it and many of those officers are in investigative or command right. positions already yeah. with us it's just it is a great opportunity for uh, for everybody. It's phenomenal. And as we try and diversify our organization, very difficult in the civil service world. You and I have had multiple yes. meetings and, and with lots of groups, and we're going to push that through Albany really, really soon. Uh, but, it, you know, Chief Mears out of our Ogden PD just stole one of my great, you know, I've been mentoring this kid, so has he, and he did a yep. much better job. He stole him uh, right off and under me with a part-time position. Yep. And, and I just had that meeting with my staff. I'm like, man, we're dropping the ball on, on diversifying via the, the part-time academy uh, and see if we can bring people in the organization that way. Speaking of which, you know, Sergeant Nick is here. Why don't you take a minute to introduce him? But uh, we're going to talk about diversity. And, and But a person that's really grown not only inside a police department, but, uh, you know, as an American citizen, utterly incredible to watch and uh, gives me a lot of inspiration to have him here. So why don't you introduce yeah. your subordinate? But, Nick, I'd love to hear your story, brother. Yeah, so Sergeant Nick Tremang, he came to us um, from the RPD, but he started his law enforcement career prior to that in Broome County, which it's a great law enforcement career. Mm -hmm. But in getting to know Nick, we got hired about six months apart of each other in Aronicoy. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so yeah. We've, our, we've always worked together through the different shifts and getting to hear Nick's story, um, just unbelievable. Yeah. An unbelievable story. And I thought when, when you reached out about this, I said, you know what, you get, people have got to hear Nick's story. So with that, uh, this is Nick. Nick, how are you? I'm well, sir. How are Those you? Chevrons look good on you there, Sarge. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Slide right there to that mic and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So uh, what makes you tick? What do you do off-duty? Uh, and then we'll get in your IPD job. And Well, my full name is actually Nook Noy Nicholas Chemang. Um, I was born in the country of Laos. Uh, my family emigrated to America uh, in the early 80s. You know, we actually lived in Thailand for about a year and a half in a refugee camp. Wow. How old were you then? I was about eight, I think, nine. So yeah. You got memories then. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just brings you back with everything that you're seeing in today's, you know, what's going on around the nation, going around at the border and whatnot. And it just brings me back there sometimes, wow. you know. But, yeah, it's been a great career. You know, like uh, the chief uh, Laird said, I started with RPD. I went through the academy, and I remember uh, Sheriff Baxter as one of the instructors. Yeah. You know, we, I was so fortunate to have such wonderful people as instructors, mentors. You know, I remember the intensity with, you know, Sheriff Baxter used to be RPD captain and Pete Burnett teaching at the academy, mm -hmm. their intensity in yeah. which they taught everybody. And I'll tell you, it was very inspiring, you know, yeah. to get on, uh, to have the opportunity to serve. Yeah, great story. Uh, you know, 
again immigrating to this uh, this great country that we have you know and, and then taking full advantage of, of that opportunity right and so your family comes over you, you come over with siblings you, 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 your parents yeah it was just my parents and I was an only child okay gotcha so you know made things growing up very difficult because you know now there's more diversity right amongst uh, you know the general population but when my family first came over uh, we settled in Binghamton. We were like one of the very first Asian families wow. uh, to move to Binghamton. We didn't know the language. We didn't know um, what to do, how to assimilate the culture. Mm-hmm. And um, it was tough for a while, you know. Apparently, my parents said I almost died a few times because really? of malnutrition and this and that from the refugee camp right. that uh, we came God from. Bless, man. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so I feel so bored right now. My life my life story is so boring. Well, yeah. yeah, it was it was very interesting, and you know, just learning this culture and this right. all the freedoms that we have in America, and how beautiful this country is, and the people. Yeah, you know, that's why part of the reason that inspired me to want to become a law enforcement officer. You know, to be able to serve my community, to serve this nation that. I could never repay. Right. I'll always be indebted to this nation. God bless you, brother. God bless you. So uh, you're a young kid. Can't even speak the language. Obviously, there's there's the cultures. You know, something just totally foreign to you. Uh, when do you when do you start looking at, at the uniform and, and saying you know a law enforcement officer and this whole culture you're trying to grasp? Is it, when you're young, do you do you see a police officer or do, is it older as you're going through your education process? I mean, when do you, when do you start thinking like I think I'd wear the I think I'd like to wear a uniform and, and serve. I think as I grew up, just to, you know, want to give it back. Yeah. Want to give back to all the wonderful things that, you know, this great nation has given to my family. The opportunities, you know. It's cliche to say, but when we came to America, we had the clothes on our back. Literally. Literally. Mm-hmm. You know, and we lived in areas that were beyond the poverty level, you mm-hmm. know. I remember our first apartment that we shared. We shared it with, it was a one-bedroom apartment with a little living area. And there was three families living in there. And, you know, our family was the smallest, but the other two families had extended families. And, you know, I didn't mind it so much because, heck, I was a young kid. I could have fun anywhere, you know. (laughs) How how resilient our kids are. It's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, as I grew up, I saw officers and um, people with the badge, and I was thought to myself, well, either the military or law enforcement, I should do something because that's what I want to do, to be able to serve people, to be able to, you know, take a stand for the little guy. Mm-hmm. You know, when mm-hmm. we first came to America and when, we were, when I was growing up uh, in Binghamton, you know, I was pretty small, pretty scrawny, and, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, when... People see somebody that looks a lot different from them. Right. You had one of two choices. You're either going to um, stick up for yourself or you're just going to, you know, let things go that you, that are wrong. Right. So I learned to stick up for myself, stick up for my friends and whatnot. And, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, you learn how to toughen up and, right. you know, as you're growing up. So it's... It, 
amazing story, man. I, I, we should just do an interview all day long on this. Uh, you know, I had just put you in the, the class here. Last week we were interviewing Don Elhart, right? He's been in the media since, and I couldn't stop the interview. The same here with Nick. I, I don't know when to stop this thing. We're going to go all day on this. But and so there's so many things that come to my mind that I got to ask you. And, you know, I think one attribute, Chief, you probably agree with this, that, that we have cops, police officers have, is our, our disdain for bullies. You know, we just don't like people yep. taking advantage of other people, right? That's a, that's in our DNA. That's probably a reason, one of the reasons why we became law enforcement officers. Absolutely. Uh, that we don't like people terrorizing other people. We don't like people that are uh, holding some lady captive in their house. Not not physically, but you're committing such criminal activity out front that they're afraid to come out and go get milk. That that, that just bugs the heck out of us. That's in our DNA, right? Like, you know, yeah. as, as Nick Absolutely. said, you know, yes. we, we, we kind of had to stand up for ourselves sooner or later in life. And now we want to stand up for other people that may not be as fortunate as us. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, it's and you know it, it is about that. It's about serving the community one way or another, right? right? Everything we do, um, we try to do it with the uh, with the mindset of how are we serving the community, right? And sometimes that is by giving back mm-hmm. because we've been we've we've been able to reap some of the benefits right. growing right. up, right? Yeah. Um, we all did, yeah. uh, you know, the, growing up in the city, your story. And, yeah. you know, we there was always somebody there that was there to mentor us and coach us. And sure. it's, for me, it was always, I had, I remember going through high school and I needed an internship to graduate. So I did it with, uh, I grew up in Greece. I did it at ride-alongs in Greece PD. And right. there were, the officers were just so accepting. And I said, you know what? I got to give back. How do I do that? You know what? Let me I get in law enforcement and be that person for the next generation coming. And mm-hmm. I think that's a big piece of what law enforcement is today is how do we recruit folks to get into a job that right now, let's face it, yeah. it's yeah. difficult, right? Yeah. It's difficult to find people that want to be cops and being there to, to help mentor and, and get people to, to come to us and remind everybody that each and every one of us is a person mm-hmm. before we were a cop. And we have a story. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, that's a great way to put it. Nick and I spent many nights you know, drinking coffee here, telling stories, and to hear right. that. And when you reached out, I said, Oh, I, this is a story of how we are people before we were cops. Right. And I think that's one thing that we need to, to really hit home. Yeah, you nailed it. And that, the, we spent a lot of time on the title of this. This podcast, right? Behind the badge. Who's behind that badge? Who who are these people? You know, their their dads, their moms, their their sons and daughters, right? They're they're volunteers. Most often, in our interviews, we find out so much volunteers, and we don't really know about it with with cops because their service attitude. Um, they're noble, you know, their nobility mm-hmm. in, in in the profession. This is a noble profession, you know. Nick, Nick came to this country, uh, decided to wear the badge, you know, and and I I, I can only. Uh, uh, you tell us, Nick. I mean, how many times do you think your life was on the edge? How many times do you think, you know, how many times do you pull that, that gun and, and almost pulled the trigger, right? And, 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 you know, I mean, just think about that. You you came from nothing, right, poverty, uh, to serve. And, and how many times did you risk your life? I mean, just, I don't Absolutely. need a number. But, yeah. I mean, we all know it's it's been hundreds of times yeah. that, by the grace of God and, and some good training and tactics, we're still here on the microphone talking forward. And that's not, that's not BS, that's the nobility and the honor of serving. Every cop I know that's worked in Monroe County, a 20-year career, has, has had their life on the fringe. And that's not yep. BS. We're not, it's, it's, we just take it as part of our job. And, not, and I get yelled at all the time on Twitter, too, by the way. Well, it's part of your job. You should get shot at. I'm like, hey, I tell that to my kids <laughs> yeah. when they're saluting my casket, right? It was part of my job description, you know, yeah. death. Uh, you know, I know it's a dangerous job, but let's not BS this on the other way, too, that you, know, you need to sacrifice your life to keep people safe around you. Yeah, I didn't see it on the civil service application. No. 
yeah, you know, yeah. get yeah. shot at. Don't, you don't get me going here. <laughs> don't get me, you know, and, and again, we, we go out and grab the bad guys. You know, we just did a press release. We've got 10 homicide suspects so far this year apprehended mm-hmm. across America, uh, our warrant task force. It's dangerous, dangerous business. But don't ever put on the job description death. You know, that we'll accept it as our norm that <laughs> cops will give their lives. You know, they will. They will. But let's keep it, no, let's keep it a noble calling. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nobility that's yes, costing sir. that life. It's not part of a job description. And you know, people with their, their terminology. Anyway, she got me on a frantic rage there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, Chief, we're going, let's just go back just a bit with you in, in Aronicoy PD. Um, let's just talk real quick about community relations. And, and we're working hard. You know, obviously... Uh, Minnesota, the, 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 I wouldn't say tragic event. I would say the murder, right? I don't yep. know how that's going to come out, but I look at that, and, and there's no cop in Monroe County would, should ever do what, what happened there, right? They, they stand right. on the guy's back for them. And, and we're all paying the piper, and we should, I guess. You know, we're, we're one big family when it goes well. We're one big family when we do it bad, even if it's in Minnesota. But where I'm going with that is, is you have uh, a, a town policing attitude. You know, I don't say it in a negative way. I say it in a very positive. There's a reason why we don't have one big sheriff's office covering all the towns. You know, I've had these arguments with way back some chiefs when I was the chief of Greece. Uh, people want their, their, their community-led, community-responsible law enforcement agency. And that's why you see town police departments, right? Yep. Uh, and you do such a great job bringing that to Aronicoy PD, uh, who may, may 20 years ago might have had a reputation not being so welcoming. Right to be it's, frank, it's true. Yeah, yeah. but but I, I cannot. Your your predecessor and you have taken a whole level. And the other day, there, this is a long introduction. To my question is, you, you spouted out something in, in a meeting that I was in that I was like, I got to write that crap down. I got to put that on my wall at work. <laughs> of, of the things, the, the four or five things you want every one of your cops to think about when they leave roll call. And if you do these things, you'll be okay. Yeah. Can, no, no quiz, yeah. but well, they were awesome. This is community policing one hundred and one. What, what do you share with your, so, with your coppers? And I'll. To get to that, there's a long piece to it as well. A little bit back in June of last year, we had to do the Executive Order 203 right. Right, from Governor Cuomo. So as I'm going through the paperwork and going through the meetings, um, I think we did eight or nine of them across yeah. the county, right? We, we were of, both at them all sessions. over. Yeah. And I, kept, I took notes at each one of them. And the same things kept coming back from everybody. So I kind of put it all together, and I came, I came up with the IPD's five keys to success. Okay. And there's a specific order to these. Professionalism, right. dignity, empathy, sympathy, policy, and procedure. Nice. Start by being professional. Treat everybody professionally. Mm-hmm. Treat everybody with dignity. With that, you will start to show your empathy and your sympathy. You do those four things and you follow what the policies and procedures say, you're going to be a success. Right. Right? It's For, for us, the one big thing that I put out there is... When people have contact with the police, it generally involves a negative incident. Mm-hmm. They're the victim of a crime. They're involved in a traffic accident. May have stopped them for speeding. We may need to talk to them because they're having family trouble, whatever it may be. It's always, it, there's always some negative connotation to it. Mm-hmm. If we can treat everybody with professionalism, dignity, empathy, and sympathy, we can get to, we can get to a result that we need. On top of that, we also need to look at how do we ensure that our relationships aren't built on just the negativity. Right. And going out there, and that's where the community policing piece comes in. Going out there and taking the extra five minutes with somebody that had their bike stolen. Right. Because that's the biggest thing in their life right now. Absolutely. We take a thousand stolen bicycle reports, thousands of them, right? I don't know the exact number, but for us, it turns into a routine call. But for that person, it's the most important thing going on. 
because we don't know their story. Now imagine if we go, if I can go back to Nick, not knowing that he came from from Laos, from living below poverty, his family scrapes together fifty dollars to buy us buy a used bicycle, and he gets he gets it stolen from his as a young child. That's huge. You get some some officer that comes in and just kind of yep yeah whatever blows him off. What's that impression of the American law enforcement to that young child? We have to change that. Yeah. Right. Nobody nobody has a problem jumping on us when we do something bad. It's it's on us to to put out there what we're doing good. Right. And um, that's where the community policing comes in, and different different things we do. We've we've got a bunch of programs. We do an adopt a school program. Our second platoon officers, they, each one of them's two or three schools, and Nick works second platoon, so he supervises this. this second platoon day shift. Day right? shift. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah, you get into cop talk, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> Six a.m. to two p.m. Right, the day shift, and they have two to three schools each, and they're tasked with going and walk the school, mm-hmm. going during lunchtime. Just walk around, say hi to everybody. Right. So it's not always a negative piece. Absolutely. Um, you know, and that's that's the important piece. And and um, for years, Nick has uh, embraced that. He's always been the one to take an extra few minutes with somebody and talk and have a joke, laugh. I can't tell you the number of times I get a call. <laughs> hey, you know the officer. Um, I can't say his name. Oh, that's <laughs> Chemang. <laughs> they're like, yeah. He, he, he was so great. He he took a half an hour with us to talk about a stolen bicycle. Right. You know what? That's that's what we need. And I and I know you do that with your deputies and yeah. you, you expect your deputies time, to man. take the time. Take it's, the time. It's and, awesome. And if you gotta make an arrest, take the time to explain. Explain it. You right. Know, explain it afterwards. So there's no query area and there's no I think they did that because of this. So let me tell you you might disagree why I did it, but let me tell you exactly why I did my task here, whatever yeah. the action was. Nick, only because I like you when you said it earlier, what what's your real name? <laughs> Nooknoy. Nooknoy. I love that. Nook-noy. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I wish I would have known that in the academy. Oh, I <laughs> There's a reason we had to change it to Nick. It's just a lot easier. <laughs> a lot easier. Uh, oh, I'd, I'd like to say that I was one of the very few people that probably ever knocked out the sheriff without going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. Go ahead, you. tell the story. Yeah, I'm, I'm the, the sheriff... When he goes into full beast mode, watch out. (laughs) He's a nice enough guy. He's articulate the whole nine yards. But I remember at the academy, he was one of our drill instructors. And um, uh, part of the scenario was a mentally unstable person goes after the two officers that were responding. So as uh, Sheriff Baxter goes after the other officer, I came by and I, I gave him a really you know solid punch and I I just saw him drop Burst. and I was like oh my god I'm like uh I, I froze for like half a second and I'm like oh wait we're, we're supposed to do the handcuffing thing now so here's me and I'm not quite that light or as you know petite that I, as I used to be but it's myself and another officer who's like six four on top of the sheriff doing her handcuffing, all of a sudden the sheriff comes too. And I could, it was the craziest thing. He bench presses <laughs> both of us off the ground, making this like ungodly noise. And I'm like, oh God, we're going to die. Let's run out of here. <laughs> it's gotten a little too real, I think. <laughs> They're beautiful stars. Beautiful stars. I think I seen the Big Dipper. <laughs> it's one of those moments when you wake up and you're like, did that really just happen? <laughs> I think I just got KO'd. <laughs> He and I, the, the other officer and I, we were just looking at each other like, oh, what do we do now? <laughs> oh. 
I hope we gave you a seven on the evaluation. <laughs> <laughs> good technique. Really good technique. <laughs> so, Nick, being a, a daytime sergeant around the uh, you know, coming through RPD, I didn't realize you worked, you're Broom County deputy, is that where you were? Uh, I actually worked in the jail down in Binghamton. Okay. In Broom County, and then I was also over in Tioga County for a little while. Wow. Because... As I grew up, I was just learning how to the civil service system worked, what you had to do, and you know how to get your full time status before you became a full fledged full time officer. Mm-hmm. So I was in a couple departments just to establish my my uh, full time permanency. So earlier we talked about the part time deputy position, right? Yeah. And how many great leaders have come out of there, and it's a great stepping stone and probably probably can help us diversify our organization. But Nick brings up another great point, and, and someday the Monroe County Sheriff's Office will be like this uh, if I get reelected. No, but, <laughs> <laughs> but the point I'm making there is, you know, the jail is just a great opportunity to learn how to be a young police officer. The jail is one of the best learning tools. You learn how to talk real quick. Absolutely. You learn how to negotiate. Yeah. You learn how to, to decompress and de-escalate. Those are just normal things as a jail deputy you do inside a jail when it's you and 37 inmates looking at each other Absolutely. right at one time. Uh so I didn't realize you worked thing. in a jail. Those, yeah. those jail deputies, when they hit the road, make great cops. Uh, so let's see who failed to turn off the phone. Everybody's looking right now. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, boy. Is that the president? No, it's a, it's the work phone. Do you want to call them? No. It's, uh, I already spoke to this officer. Did you? You want to talk bad about him? We're on the mic. <laughs> the mic is going. <laughs> the mic is going. Hey, Greg, I'll call you back. <laughs> See, nothing phases he's him. Never, I know. He's just cool, right into his ice. Yeah. I'll call you back later. I'll call you back later. We're all waiting. I'm sorry. I'm just having fun. This is going to go on the mic. We're not muting this. This is no. fun. People go, what's that? A chief and the sheriff staring at Nick play with his phone. That makes that, that, good radio. Phone, yeah. That makes good radio right That's there. not the phone that I usually use. <laughs> Whose phone is this? Why is it going off? That's awesome. We'll put some bumper music around there, though. <laughs> so, Nick, uh, what, what's your favorite type of, uh, you know, uh, of police work? What do you, what, I mean, what, what really makes you, that job you go to that, you know, you, you want to be there? I know I, I, I like drug work. You know, I've always liked to do drug work. But what makes you tick as far as, as a law enforcement officer? What's, you know, well, you know, one of the uh, opportunities that I w- was given was to be come in this supervisory capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, we always evaluate ourselves and constantly evolving and constantly seeing uh, what subordinates do and you know just from my previous experience of other you know great supervisors I've had in the past and just learning from them and just to try to instill in our newer officers you know that little piece of element like the chief uh, Laird uh, just mentioned you know take that a little extra time make these people understand that we are a part of them you know, we are part of your community. Right. We're your brothers, your sisters, your fathers, your you know sons. And how do you make that connection from being so, you know, oh well, this is the law. This is how it's going to happen. To okay, yes, I see what the officer's saying. I understand where they're coming from. Maybe I don't agree with it as much, but you know, I can respect it. And that's one of the things that I think I'm very humble to be able to try to instill in some of the younger officers, hey, there's a different approach other than just going in there, slamming the book down and saying, this is how it's going to happen. No, take that little extra time because 
those are the moments that these people in the community are going to remember you by. Mm -hmm. And if not you personally, they're going to remember that uniform. They're going to remember that badge. And they're going to be able to tell, you know, their future generations, hey, you know what? These cops, they're people. They have a heart, you know, that they actually care mm -hmm. about us and not just, oh, no, it's not us versus them. We're all in this together. Yeah, we are. You know, yeah. and the sooner that our community and our profession, as soon as we build that bridge and make it and realize that, hey, life is short. Let's yeah. make it Amen. the best of it for all yeah, of us. Right, right. Yeah, you nailed it. You, you hit it out of the ballpark. And uh, I, I don't know how to follow that up, so I'm <laughs> going gonna, I'm gonna to start closing <laughs> out this show because, Nick, that was – that was profound, and, and I don't think anybody can sit back and, and argue with your story, you know. So anybody listening to this, whether a cop or a community member or someone that's not too happy about police, you know, they can't argue with Nick's story. And, and uh, right. you know, you persevered, you overcame, you are now serving, and now you're mentoring and leading. Uh, that's that's quite a story that uh, anytime we want to let all the Monroe County Sheriff's Office, just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> He's not for sale. <laughs> Oh, we, can't, we don't pay as well either, that's another story. <laughs> we didn't even get into, uh, I wanted to talk about the Marine unit, yeah, I wanted no, to no. talk about, uh, you know, what happens, when, you know, uh, multi-jurisdictional command when a SWAT team comes into your town, yet you still yeah. own it, yet you're using a tool of the sheriff's office. We wanted to get, I, I had a whole list. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, this is exactly what I try and get out of these podcasts, just a conversation and see where it goes for 30 minutes. So I, I got to have you guys back and talk about all those things that were on my checklist. Uh, but we finished the, the show, the podcast, up with a thing called the No Miranda Zone. No Miranda means you don't have Miranda rights when you're talking to the sheriff. Out there, if you're charged with a crime, you, you have a right to remain silent. So you have to answer my question. So we'll start out real simple, real easy. Uh, Chief, if you were going to do a hashtag, I know you're popular on Twitter, and you're going to hashtag Nick, what would be his hashtag? Oh, man. That's yeah. throw me right to the yeah, walls exactly. on it. Right? That's, a, that's one of my toughest questions. I, I, honestly, he's, he said it earlier. Humble. Yeah. He's one of the most humble people I've ever met in my life. So for Nick, it's hashtag humble. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Him. That. It's a great skill. Yeah. It's a great skill. <laughs> All can't right, Nick. Can't teach it. <laughs> the sheriff asked you, so you can't get in trouble. There's no general orders here either. There's no random. <laughs> no, if you're going to hashtag the chief, what hashtag would you put on? We're in this together. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, man. Nice. We got all sappy on you. <laughs> Here, let me, you want tissue? You know what? That's a great definition of a leader, too. You yeah. know, if you think about that, because it's it's really the one team concept. We all have different. Corey Brown says it all the time. We have different job descriptions, but you know, just because you have a stars doesn't make you any smarter than the next guy in the room, right? It's yeah. all one team, and, and we got to support each other. Chief, you're going to go on vacation. Money's not an option. Vacation time's not an option. Where are you going? Probably Aruba. Yeah, Aruba or. Uh, my wife has always wanted to go to Turks and Caicos. So those are interesting. One of those two. So uh, I'm going to get some money from Aruba pretty soon because last week Aruba came up in the same <laughs> question. So, Nick, you're going on vacation. Where are you going? No money. Chief gave you unlimited vacation time. I wouldn't mind visiting my, uh, my birth country. Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. You haven't been back? No. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. I want to go with it. <laughs> I, want to go. I, I want to try the food too. I yes. can only imagine it's fascinating. 
It is. It sure is. Well, folks, with that, we're going to wrap up this uh, this podcast this week. So appreciate the Chief and Nick coming on, uh, sharing a little about who you folks are. The, the, the objective here is let everybody know who's behind that badge. And I think, uh, again, we nailed it. We knocked it out of the ballpark. Uh, these are great human beings behind that yeah. badge. doesn't matter what badge you have on. So uh, thank you for sharing a little bit of IPD with us, guys. I appreciate it, Sheriff. Sure. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of MCSO Behind the Badge. In between episodes, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Monroe Sheriff NY. Until next week, be safe.